0: Last Thursday, I went to a Medicare for All town hall with uh, Peter Jacob. Peter is an Our Revolution candidate in New Jersey's 7th District, which is an hour and 20 north of me. uh, Around Trenton, not exactly sure the specific area, but it's an hour and 20 north of me. And it was a great town hall, it was very interesting. Um, It had two very prominent guests. Uh, Richard Master was a guest on Bernie Sanders' town hall back in January, the first internet town hall, which was wonderful. Just got into policy and stayed there. So, not so unusual. It's just never been seen on television before. And he's held two other internet town halls since then, and now he basically has his own internet television network, which is going to be a huge tool for the 2020 campaign and we'll see if net neutrality catches up to try and kill it. So he was one guest and the other guest was uh, Dr. William Thar. So Richard Master, you know, both of these guys have so much to teach, they, they, they know so much about what the problem is, what is wrong with our current system and why Medicare for all is better. And you know, it was a great town hall. It was very informative, making very clear of why Medicare for All is better financially, uh, health-wise, um, even politically. And, it, you know, it was great. But there was something important missing. And it's not just this particular town hall. I think it's the whole national conversation that progressives have in relation to Medicare for All and other progressive programs. And that is, we don't need to be convinced about Medicare for All. We don't need to be convinced about a job guarantee. We don't need to be convinced about $15, you know, living wage and all of these things. We don't need to be convinced. We are convinced. We're already convinced. We don't need to justify why we deserve these things. We're not dealing with good faith actors. We're not dealing with a government that really wants to do the right thing, they just don't know better. They know exactly what they're doing. They don't care about the people want Medicare for All. The majority of people, Republican and Democrat and otherwise, want Medicare for All. They don't care about better outcomes with Medicare for All. They don't care that people won't go bankrupt if we have single payer. They don't care about these things. In fact, they care exactly the opposite. Power is relative. Power is relative. The only way that the powerful stay powerful is to keep the powerless powerless. And Medicare for All is a huge tool in doing just that. By keeping Medicare for All from us, yes, they profit off of suffering And that's a big part of it. They want to profit off of our suffering. But the biggest part of all is not profit. It's keeping the powerful powerful and keeping the powerless powerless. And the most striking example for me is that it chains people to their job, but not just that you can't change jobs or move because if you leave your job you won't have insurance but mostly because you can't leave your job to run for office and to replace these corrupt politicians that's what they don't want that's what they don't want most of all that's how they keep the powerless powerless by keeping them chained to their job so that they can't replace them these people can't replace these corrupt officials who won't allow themselves to be bribed, who actually care about the people, who don't care about profiting off of suffering, who know what it's like to suffer at the hands of those who like profiting off of it. It it felt like preaching to the choir. Again, not just this town hall, but the whole conversation about it. And one thing in particular that wasn't good. Wasn't good. Actually, I'll say a small thing first, which is one of the gentlemen said, one of the panelists said, yes, the transition to Medicare for all will be very difficult. And difficult for who? Difficult for who? Difficult for the people who are suffering difficult for the people who are going bankrupt? Difficult for the people who have to deal with insurance companies while they're suffering, because they're suffering? The transitions, the people who are not going to be changed to their jobs anymore, the transition is going to be difficult for them? No. It's going to be difficult for the people who don't want it, who benefit from it not being there, who profit off of suffering, who profit off of remaining in power. Those are the Those are the people who the transition is going to be very difficult for. And the fact that we even consider them as part of our equation is nonsense. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We don't consider the, the unjust stress that the powerful may suffer if we transition over to what's right for the majority of Americans. The transition being very difficult for those who don't want it, that's their problem. That's not part of our equation. And the medical insurance industry is unjust. It profits off of suffering. It is an unjust industry and it needs to go away. So yeah, you could easily say, well, it's a, it's a uh, government takeover of healthcare, which it's not because doctors don't work for the government. The only thing that's taken over is the mechanism that pays the doctors, which is the insurance industry. So the insurance industry shuts down an unjust industry shuts down. And we have to transition everyone who works in that industry to the private sector, to unemployment insurance, to training, whatever it is. That is a problem that we can solve. That is not something that the American government cannot solve. That is not nearly as big of a problem as the tens of millions of Americans who need to have, who need to survive, who require Medicare for all in order to survive. So the big thing was that Mr. Master brought up something to the effect of we have to pay for Medicare for all and this is how we can do it. Tax the rich, I'm pretty sure is what he said. We can tax the rich in order to pay for Medicare for all and that right there is how we never get Medicare for all ever the second you talk about how do you pay for a federal program is the second that you don't want it it's that final key in the door so clearly he and I are on the same side We agree with 95% of the stuff. We want the same things. We want to fight for Medicare for all. So it's not like he's a Republican, I'm a progressive. It has nothing to do with that. It's very different. But still, this is an important thing. And so, afterwards, I approached him. And it's hard. He doesn't know me. I'm a young-looking guy, and this is something that is so different, but I tried, and I went to him, and I said, I liked everything that you had to say, but as soon as we talk about the pay-for question, we lose, and he asked why, and I said, because our government is a fiat currency that's not backed by gold anymore. And therefore, money is an infinite thing. We shouldn't print it infinitely because that causes inflation if we don't consider our real resources available to us. But money is infinite. And therefore, it logically extends to we don't need taxes in order to fund anything at the federal level. And I'm, I'm sorry to say that he laughed at me he laughed it off. And the conversation was over and I lost confidence despite my being confident in my words. I lost confidence in the conversation and he... I, I did say, you have access to Stephanie Kelton, professor, one of, the more, one of the more prominent voices in modern monetary theory. He directly speaks with Bernie Sanders and therefore has access to Stephanie Kelton. And I said, ask Stephanie Kelton, do taxes pay for anything at the federal level? And he said I would be embarrassed to ask that. So I got the email address of his partner or or someone that he works with, and I sent some information of Stephanie Kelton saying, taxes do not pay for anything at the federal level. So, you know, I did what I could. But it was... It was hard. I mean, how do you approach people who... I mean, this gentleman is 70 years old, and this is what he's known his whole life, and almost everything he has to teach, I have to learn. But this one thing, I have to teach. And I was written off. And that was upsetting. So, after the meeting, I... Did uh, an interview with Peter that we had pre arranged, just like f- talking for 15 minutes of how the Democratic Party has not been so cooperative with his candidacy in 2016. And this year, um, a friend is making a related video with that. After that, uh, Jeff Ginter and I went to a diner and we spoke. Uh, I was We were surprised to see each other because I traveled an hour and 20 minutes north to get there. He traveled an hour and 40 minutes northeast to get there. So we were very surprised to see each other there. Now, Jeff taught me modern monetary theory. He's that person that got me over that initial hump of Congress creates money before taxing is possible. Therefore, Congress does not need money Does not need income in order to fund anything. They're not limited financially. They're only limited by real resources at the federal level. He got me over that initial hump. I totally get it. There's no going back now. So I turned around in the middle of the event and here he is asking a question and we were just very surprised to see each other. So we went to a diner and we spoke for a while. So we spoke about my encounter with Mr. Master. Uh, How do you deal with people who don't don't even realize that MMT is a subject, let alone a critical subject. We spoke about uh, just MMT stuff in general. Uh, I, we you know dealt with some of the subtleties of definitions, and then the final topic that we spoke about was I met an author who wrote a book on the U.S. economy, and it's unpublished. He gave me a a copy of his book. And he believes the most fundamental piece of MMT is wrong. We believe, I don't even know if it's believe, but the Constitution says, the Constitution says, I believe it's, Article 1, Section 8, that the Congress is the monopoly currency issuer. Congress is the only thing that can create, the only entity that can create the currency by writing it into a bill and voting it into law. Then they instruct the Treasury and the Federal Reserve to create that money by changing numbers in a spreadsheet and then it filters into the economy. And only then can taxes be paid. This gentleman the author, believes that the Federal Reserve is the monopoly currency issuer. And if that's true, which is contradictory, which he acknowledges is contradictory to the Constitution, because of the Federal Reserve Act, which he says overrides the Constitution, but that's not constitutional, because you can't override the Constitution with an act, you can only override the Constitution with an amendment. But, he says, even so, but that, that is still the case, that Congress and the courts and the executive branch have all allowed this to happen, even though it's unconstitutional, for a hundred years. More than a hundred years, 1913 is when the act passed. So he believes that the Federal Reserve is the monopoly currency issuer. And the Congress must borrow from them in order to fund programs and collect taxes in order to fund programs. And that is, there's nothing more fundamental. There's nothing, it turns everything that you learn about MMT on its head. And it makes all of the myths about the deficit and the debt, it makes them all come true. It makes them all come true. And so, so that was the third thing that we talked about, which was what this, uh, does the Federal Reserve really Which one is it? Is it the Congress or is it the Federal Reserve? So, without further ado, let's talk to Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hey, how you doing, Jeff? All right, so we were just at the Medicare for All thing with Peter, and almost all of it was good. Almost all of it. Everybody's on the same side with almost all of it. Um, But the gentleman... Who was on Bernie Sanders' town hall, uh, the internet town hall? Mm-hmm. You, you saw that, right?
1: I saw most of it. I haven't seen all of it. Did you see the part yeah. with him? I did. Yeah.
0: yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And tonight was excellent. Sure. Uh, of course. Mm-hmm. But the part that irritates me, and I and i formulated a question. Um, and the first thing I wanted to say was. <clears throat> uh, how did I word it? We never discuss how to give tax breaks just to the rich. How are we going to pay for it? We never discuss how are we going to get, how are we going to pay for more war? Or how are we going to pay for more military? We never discuss how we're going to pay for a new military airplane. We never discuss it. Yeah. So, if we ever want to have Medicare for all or any progressive program, we need to stop talking about how will we pay for it because it's not a matter of affording that if we can afford that we can afford this that's not it it's the point is that it that's that doesn't matter mm-hmm. it doesn't matter mm-hmm. and and it is it's really hard to talk negatively about someone who is almost t- entirely positive mm-hmm. because he it's amazing what he was saying, and we agree with almost everything that he said. Mm-hmm. But he's convinced that, and I was nervous, and I wasn't confident. It was how you know? And, and uh, I don't know. It's a shame that someone who has so much to teach. Uh, it's it's the concept of he has nothing left to learn. I mean, that's what it is. Someone like me who is not feeling mm-hmm. confident in in front of him at the moment, sure he doesn 't have something to learn from me, and that 's mm-hmm. upsetting. I have to be candid I can't i can 't fuck around here i 'll edit it or whatever but i wasn 't confident in front of him mm-hmm. but I was confident about what I was saying yes and he he senses the weakness mm-hmm. and chose to he was stubborn about he was stubborn about it i don 't exactly mm-hmm. know how to word it, but it it is upsetting it is upsetting. Yeah. It is upsetting. So what was the question that you asked him? Yeah. It wasn't really a question. I was just saying the pay-for thing. Mm-hmm. We should not be getting into that discussion. Mm-hmm. That guarantees that we don't get it. Yeah. And his answer was, well, we ultimately do have to pay for it. And the, tax mm-hmm. are going to have to, ta- the wealthy are going to have to pay more of their fair share. Yeah. And then I said, well, the United States is a fiat currency, and we can print our own money, so therefore we don't need any income. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, he laughed at it. He really laughed at it. Which,
1: I mean, yeah, it's, it's completely out there
0: from mm-hmm. his point of view. It's I mean, completely out there. If you he, don't
1: know that you don't know... Right, and he's you know he's n- known what he's known for 70 years or whatever it is. He's applying business, his private business, and applying that to, to the federal government. government. Like anyone that's ever said, I want my government to be run like a business, he's a businessman and he probably buys into that model. You know, if government were but run by a business... If government were run like a business that we would have efficiencies, you know, that we wouldn't have all the government waste that everyone talks about. But fundamentally speaking, a business is all about the bottom line. A business is about making the most possible profit. So in addition to hopefully having a great product and great marketing so that more people are buying your product, in addition to, I hope, that you are also going to be looking for ways to maximize your profits by cutting back on salaries, uh, employee salaries, not your salary. Uh, to be cutting back on overhead, to be cutting back on paperwork, and you'll be looking for ways to cut waste and waste and waste and waste. You know, because you can only keep that which you earn, and that which you don't have to give away in overhead and anything you know above and beyond what you will personally take home because the money that you get is scarce. It is rare. You have to earn every dollar of it, and you will resent every dollar that you will give away. The federal government of the United States is not like that. The federal government is not in the business, or rather, I should say, should not be in the business of being run like a business because it does not need to make a profit. It should not be seeking to make a profit. A prophet, you know, it imbues an ideology that says that I am not self-sufficient unto myself. I need to be able to get resources, you know, in the form of money. You know, government is not like that. Government has already given unto itself the one thing that no one else is allowed to do in this country. It provides itself its own income. It is completely financially self-sufficient because it creates its own currency and because of taxation has forced that currency upon the entire population. So it can pay for anything and everything that is for sale in its own currency in a way that a business cannot possibly do. Right. And so therefore a, business, a government cannot be run like a business if the business is taking care of the people
0: so how do you approach someone who doesn't want to be approached but is critical to approach i mean someone that is that someone that is one of the bigger figures in the country Mm -hmm. of getting one of the most important programs Mm -hmm. in the country how do you how you know how do you approach people like that i mean it is a shame that, that he discounted me for whatever it was, being young, being not confident, whatever it was, just being so different, um, but uh, you know how do you start that kind of a thing? How do you approach people that that don 't even know that MNT is a subject, yeah. let alone a critical subject
1: yeah. it, that is a as varied an answer as there are people involved in that scenario, you know uh, for example, the gentleman you know in question tonight. Um, he can be very useful. I don't know how important he is. You know, To me, someone as important as someone who's actually in political office. This guy has made a couple of movies that were great, a couple of movies that really shone a light on the problem. And to that end... So you saw is, his two movies? I, I've seen bits and pieces. I haven't seen the, the, the entirety of them. I've seen bits and pieces. And what I have seen is exactly what we need. We need a good addressing of the problem and shining a light on how immoral the system is, how fundamentally useless to uh, public health the insurance companies are, and how greedy, although essential to healthcare, the pharmaceutical companies, how greedy they have become and are out out greeting their usefulness. They can be replaced. Quite honestly, you know. We can finance, you know, the research of other companies who will have a more public policy ideology and are not in it for profit, and we can fi- finance them. You know, Pfizer can go fuck itself. You know. Edit that out, Pfizer can go to hell. Um, we have possi- <laughs> up. Edit that okay. we have possibilities. We have possibilities because the federal government, how can we never make these mistakes on live streams? <laughs> <laughs> um, because I'm in a much more informal setting. <laughs> you know, but you know but the point is is that with the federal government having a fiat currency that is not backed by gold, I mean let's face it, it was always fiat, you know. And as much as we created it at will, but we were defending gold uh, gold reserves, so we couldn't we could not do as much will as we wanted to without uh, messing up the system. But we don't have that anymore. We are financially untethered, you know, from constraints financially, uh, though we do have constraints with resources. But the point is, is that uh, someone like him, who is in a position to do a great job of educating the public on the problem is doing a great is doing job. A great job uh, clearly is not the one we're going to go to to solve the problem. You know, because, That's interesting. He's
0: not going to get this implemented. No,
1: he's not. You know, he will develop a great interest. He will be in, instrumental in uh, education of the public. Politically. It's the political thing. So he's got everything. Except the one thing that's going to get it done. Except the final key in the door. That is still, because MMT only describes the currency. How it is created, how it circulates, and where it goes to meet its final demise. That's it. That's all it does. It doesn't describe the gold standard. It uh, Absolutely. It does describe the gold standard. It does describe the gold standard. It describes the Eurozone. It describes the Canadian dollar, our dollar, the Australian dollar on a a free-floating fiat currency or on a gold standard currency. It doesn't matter. It simply describes currency. You know, that's it. Creation, circulation, and death.
0: Oh, it's not a description of non-gold standard. It's not Mm -hmm. a description of fiat currency. It's a description of
1: all kinds of currency. All kinds of currency.
0: I didn't know that. Okay, but on the fiat currency, yeah,
1: on the world, well, it's more of a free floating. You know, gold standard is fiat as well because they are making it at will with restrictions.
0: See, gold. Standard, but by definition, every dollar that you extra dollar you make is worth a tiny bit less because it's backed by.
1: If, if you if you create more money than you had gold, yes. Every dollar after you've exceeded the, your gold reserves is technically worth less. You, well, I
0: thought you said just a moment ago that mm-hmm. under a fiat currency.
1: Fiat is gold standard and free-floating. Fiat simply means at will. Fiat simply means we create the currency. Non-gold which standard. Is, which is true. I thought fiat meant non-gold standard. No, no, no. Fiat is means literally at will. means that the, the Congress to the creates the Okay, I thought it, it was...
0: was yeah. Okay, so I thought, I thought fiat by definition meant opposite of gold standard. Cur- no, no, all standard. it
1: means is at will. You know The okay. difference is when I'm creating this money at will and I'm pegging it to gold, political decision, You know, or I'm making it at will and it's not pegged to anything. So when you
0: said in a fiat currency they can choose to have taxes pay for things, yes. they can choose to go on the gold standard or yeah. something to that effect. There are people right but now you, that cannot cho- you cannot be off of a gold standard and have taxes pay for things at the federal level. Is that correct?
1: Say that again. Yeah.
0: If you are off the gold standard, like yeah. we are currently, mm-hmm. taxes do not pay for it, federal anything at the federal level. Yes. I thought you were saying that off of a gold standard, mm-hmm. you could choose for taxes to pay for things at the federal yes, level, which you is can choose. that I don't understand because yeah. that seems contradictory to everything I've been learning.
1: Well, again, it's just think of MMT as simply the analysis of the currency. It doesn't describe anything that you're going to do with that currency. It simply describes where the dollar is created, which is Congressional Appropriations, C- Congress creates every dollar it makes every time it spends. That's one. Two, it describes the circulation. You know, how does Congress spend it? How does it move through the economy? You know, the velocity of money. Next, it describes how cu- how currency dies, through taxation. Okay? And it describes this in a gold standard by saying that we don't need your money. Thank you very much. We're destroying this money. Or we want to spend more than we have gold reserves to defend, so we will recirculate and then eventually it'll come back and maybe eventually we'll destroy it. Is so that a price? Yeah. yeah. This plate is kinda hot, just be careful with this plate. Okay. The plate with the chips? That's
0: yes. unusual. <laughs> it is, it is. But as soon cool. as the as soon as put the order, they took the sheep the
1: chips, because they're already made, you mm-hmm. know. And they put it on the but no, under the, all under the reading plan oh, right. it's all good anything else I, i'll be right back with the syrup and powdered sugar please and the powder. Okay. thank you no. um, so again so so mmt simply describes the currency that's it everything beyond currency analysis is politics so when we when people talk about mmt and the progressive agenda it can get us they have a tendency to talk about it like it's something we have to implement. We have to start using MMT. Have you heard about MMT, we can start using this to get a political agenda. The point is that MMT has always been with us since the founding of currency, quite honestly. uh, It's just that right now, uh, a free-floating fiat currency has been in existence since 1971 and has been used to fund programs for the rich and powerful, for the military-industrial complex, for Wall Street, for everyone that doesn't need a helping hand. You know uh, what we say in MMT circles. You know is that we can use you know the knowledge of MMT if everyone understood where our currency comes from and how it circulates and where it comes to meet its end. You know and realize that the federal government is not fiscally constrained. Because we decided to free float our currency, it's not pegged to anything anymore. We don't have spending limitations.
0: So, so if we don't destroy the money mm-hmm. in a non-gold uh, standard, mm-hmm.
1: that seems well. Again, maybe I should be a little bit more clear. We can decide to use taxes to fund things. Functionally speaking, the taxes will still be de- will still be deleted. You know very much the same way that social security there was a social security trust just doesn't need yeah. it to actually fund social security right. you know it's it's fundamentally ridiculous how could we possibly need to stash tax money aside for future benefits to be paid okay. when the government makes new money every time it pays social security benefits you know it's ridiculous okay okay you know? so j- just to make this point clear they can write a bill that would include pay for it. How are you going to pay for Medicare for all? Okay. Oh, well, I'm going to close these tax loopholes. I'm going to repatriotize money from overseas. I'm going to, you know, put um, uh, limits on Wall Street speculation, you know, and all kinds of things. And all this money will be able to pay for. You know, and you'll write that in the bill. The danger is not so much that these taxes are now going to pay for things; they're not. But on paper, it looks like it does. It's the same thing that happened with FDR when he did Social Security, you know, uh, you know, by, by putting a FICA tax. You know, he did it specifically so that the American people would fight to the death for it. I pay a portion of my taxes specifically to go towards Social Security. I'm paying into it. It's mine. You can't take it away. It was a trick to just
0: make them feel invested. Yes. And that's why people want to take away the fake tax now
1: because they know it's a trick. Well, basically, they, they want to, you know, social security, you know, is supposed to be you know you're paying into it, ergo you get money back. It's supposed to be a guarantee. Uh, what we need to do is the whole we, the whole concept of entitlements. Yes. is a trick. Yeah. Well, yeah. Essentially, you know, uh, because they wanted you to, they wanted you to. They did it specific. FDR says he did it specifically so that no one would be able to take it away from you, you know, because if you paid into it, you would have a moral standing, you know, that says I paid into it, it's mine, you can't touch it. Because that argument carried more weight at the time and probably still does, and we got to work on that. Then the federal government is supposed to pay to the public purpose and we don't want to have senior citizens being homeless and dying in the street, ergo... Interesting. It is a right, we are going to take care of you, and you shall not take it away because that's the kind of society we want. It's not an
0: entitlement, it's a human right. Exactly.
1: They made it an entitlement... It's a human right. They made it an entitlement so that you would fight for it because they felt, at the time, that if it was an entitlement that you were paying into, that you would stand up and fight for it, as opposed to it's a human right. We can afford it. The federal government can afford it. Well, even though at the, at the time we were on the gold standard, you know, we uh, yeah. did have we did have spending issues. It.
0: But I mean, I mean, that's a big thing. It's a uh, huge thing. It, but it's a big thing of Republicans, Paul Ryan, saying you know entitlement reform and all this stuff. Or mm-hmm. are saying no. I've been paying into it for my whole life. It's not an entitlement. Yeah, I've been paying to this for, and it's all. It's a fun house. Mm-hmm. It's completely different than everybody's talking about.
1: Because no one really, the, the population, doesn't really understand federal finance. They understand their finances, and because they're told point blank by Paul Ryan, Barack Obama, John Boehner, everyone down the line, as well as everyone on the news, keeps telling you that the federal government is like a household. You have constraints of spending. You can't spend what you don't have. Ergo, you can't expect the federal government to do that. You know, uh, they're lying to you. And most people, when they first discover MMT, one of the first problems they have with, how is it that everyone could be lying? They have no problems believing that their government is lying to them on a whole host of issues. But this one, probably because of its universality, Republicans are lying to me, and Democrats, and the news. And they don't understand that the Democrats and the Republicans and the news media are all bought and paid for by the same people. Of course. So why wouldn't this be the biggest lie of all? Because if the federal government went for the jobs guarantee, everyone has a job, and it all pays great. It's so easy to everyone has a job and it's a good paying job. I'm not saying you're going to be a fucking Rockefeller. I'm saying you're going to be able to afford a roof over your head and food in your belly. You know, and if we fix the food and water supply system so that everything is clean and we got we a single-payer health care and everyone's got health care. You know, if everyone had that kind of economic security, you know, and you could retire with dignity and you can put your kids through college and we had green energy. If we did all that, not only would we have a booming economy, you know, people would be buying, people would be selling, the oligarchs would still be making money, but what would they not be doing? They would not be having power like they currently have. Well they they would have
0: they would have a hundred times more instead of Three thousand times more.
1: Exactly. You
0: know. You no,
1: know, they. I'm. I'm not going to sit here and say that I know that they'll make the same amount of money. You know, because quite honestly, they should not be making as much money as they do. Because you it's know, the, 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 what we. It's because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. If you, know, you care about every, the people. If the, you care about democracy. You know, they have so much money, they can't possibly buy more goods and services. So they buy politicians. You know, they buy politicians instead. It's not about money to them. They know they'll make the, and they'll make a lot of money if the economy booms and people are financing that boom through their paychecks. You know, they'll make money. They'll make good money. Maybe they'll make the same money. Maybe they won't. Who knows? But they'll make good money. But that's not the point for them. The point is power. The point is control. The point is to become the government. Yes. You know. So when we say, when we say, when we're told, I should say. You know, you don't want government taking over your health care. You don't want to work for the government, do you? You don't want, you know, government no, trust overreach. Trust me, pro-
0: tri- trust profit prop yeah. people
1: uh, <clears throat> for profit industry. Exactly. People that I can't touch with a with a with a 10-foot pole. You know, they become the government at the same time. Work for the work for the private industry. Trust us, we will get it done. Except for everything that needs to get done that isn't profitable, so they won't touch it. Not to mention the rampant unemployment to make sure they make more money by uh, scaring the rest of us. You don't ask for anything. You could be just like them, the unemployed. You know. So they not only do we have to work for them, but they also become the government because they've bought all the institutions of government. So when we say we, when we're told we should be afraid of government. I'm saying the government we have now is what we should be afraid of, not because it's government, but because, because it is corrupt we, government. Yes, the people we send there. Government and And, 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 and the, you know, uh, Fred Laverne's. Um, mm-hmm. the, the campaign they did with the uh, lawsuit to get more representatives. The lawsuit. Yep.
0: So we'll have 6,000 representatives instead of 435 mm-hmm. or whatever is exactly. represented. And oh, well, we can't get anything done with 435 people, so how could we possibly get anything done with 6,000 people? 435 doesn't matter, exactly. 6,000 doesn't matter, yeah. corrupt matters.
1: Exactly. It's corrupt similar. matters. The government is neither good nor bad. One of the first things that happened when uh, Reagan got into office is they started privatizing things. And what happens then? They tell us, government is not the solution to your problem. Government is, is the, the problem. problem. Government is the problem. And why do they do that? Because if they can convince people that government is the problem, Get government out of your lives. You know, let private industry take over. Then that which used to be free, now you have to pay for. You know, just look at water, for example. Forget about what they're doing to the poisoning the water with Flint, Michigan. I'm talking about the fact that you have to pay for water. You know, they no longer clean. Like the in Flint, water. Michigan. Like in Flint, Michigan. You, don't, you, you,
0: Nestle just got the rights.
1: I fucking know. That's disgusting.
0: Nestle just got the rights despite 80,000 comments against and 75 comments for, not exaggeration. Mhm. 4 days later, Governor Snyder said we're done giving free water bottles to the people of Flint. Yep.
1: That's just But this is the thing, you know. Water used to be clean coming to your tap. You know, you used to be able to drink the tap water when I was a kid. You used to be able to drink the tap water. Now, no one wants to drink their tap water anymore. You have to go buy water. You know Which for, is why know? tap water is not clean. Exactly. Because there was money to be made. Government cannot be trusted. Government is inefficient. Government is the problem. When the things the government used to do or wants to do when private industry corrupts the government
0: when the private industry so they can
1: make people say that the government's horrible. When private industry wants to take over, when private industry wants to make money, wants to make profit, then government becomes the problem. No one argues And they sabotage it. Yeah. So people will come to them. Just like just like all these uh, appointments of Trump. Mm Mm-hmm. And they want the industry destroy, destroy
0: the EPA, yeah. destroy the education, education, destroy mm-hmm. the energy department, mm-hmm. destroy these departments yeah. by hiring people, appointing people that want to
1: destroy it. Who have gone on record previously to being appointed to these posts that they would like to see these industries go away. Oh, no. you know.
0: CFPB,
1: mm-hmm. Consumer Financial? Consumer Financial, yeah. What a wonderful person to have in charge of it, yeah. then Mick Mulvaney. Yeah. You know. You know, but this is the point. This is the entire point. It's even Puerto Rico. Yeah.
0: Yes. Even Puerto Rico. Give them impossible mm-hmm. debt.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then turn around 50 years later and say, oh, you can't pay your debt. We're taking over your government. Yeah. And the only way we'll give it back to you is if you have four years of balanced budget.
1: Yeah.
0: Incredible yeah. austerity to the people. Mm-hmm. And then we'll give
1: you back your government. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's not going to happen. Look at the banking industry you know put out a whole bunch of fraudulent loans with people that could never have paid it back to save their lives could never have paid it back it was always a ticking time bomb and the bank industry knew it because now what do they have you know they bank into banks create money just like the federal government does you know the only difference between bank money and federal money high-powered money high-powered money is your income bank money is your debt that's credit you know, it's not the same thing. Federal money never needs to be repaid unless they make a political decision to force you to, but it need never be repaid. Bank money must always be repaid. Taxes but not quite. Taxes but that's not the point. You know, the point of taxes is to is to give you the economy in the first place. You know, when they say that taxes are theft, you know. That's not what it is because the federal government had to spend first. You go back to the founding of the country. We are the federal government now. We are the United States government. You now owe us a tax. Very well. I owe you a tax. What should I pay it in? We only accept it in US dollars. I don't have any US dollars. The government's been alive for five seconds. You know, not a problem. I'm going to give it to you. In fact, I actually need a bunch of things. I need a capital building, I need infrastructure, I need schools, I need hospitals, I need to train doctors. I'm going to I need a lot of stuff. You, you all make it for me. You I'll just hire you. I'll pay you for your work. And now now you'll have the money to pay your taxes. Interesting.
0: Interesting. I will pay you. What does that even mean? I'll give you these meaningless pieces of paper which will give you permission to get access resources that I happen to already have.
1: Yeah. You know, you, you basically. So it's, it's, I'm paying you with resources, credit. and mm-hmm. this is just simply IOU for. For taxes. For resources, yeah. Which is. Which is now a shared commodity. You know, everyone now has the tax obligation, so now everyone is in the business of, uh, of needing this money. So if you're directly working for the government, directly with a government contract to do whatever, you're now getting money directly. Everyone else that doesn't have.
0: A business that they yeah, can my, sell like yeah, crudeness I'm holding a microphone with one hand Please, and um, on. no, I'm telling people out there but I got I'm holding the microphone with one hand okay, go ahead. I'm having a, French, have I'm having a big French toast with the other hand so I'm being disgusting you didn't have to know that but now you do I'm not
1: telling them what I'm doing but, but so. yeah, well he's had like two fries because he's too damn interesting there you go you know but now everyone else that doesn't have a business or in any way shape or form something that the government needs you know but they still have a tax obligation now they're unemployed you know now they need to be able to get a job to be able to get these tax credits these these US dollars so that they don't get into trouble you know so government first creates unemployment and therefore controls how much unemployment that there's going to be out there depending on how much they spend into the economy you know so federal government spends first. That's how it is. It's, we're 250 years into the country and it's become the chicken or the egg. Most people are just confused. You know, They see their economy, I have to earn before I can spend, and they just figure that the federal government is the same way. And why wouldn't they? Because the federal government is telling them that way. That's the way it is. You know, and the federal government tells them that. Why? Because the oligarchs the who have bought the them of the universe. exactly. All right, let's take a break. Mm-hmm. Let's eat
0: a little bit. Now, I would like to show you. Um, I would like to show you the um, the letter that I got from the guy who is convinced that the government is opposite of what we think it is. Mm-hmm. The currency is opposite of what think it is. Okay, so I, I just showed Jeff uh, some responses from the gentleman I've been talking to who believes the opposite of what we believe, which is we believe, MNT believes that the Congress is the sole currency issuer. This gentleman believes that the Federal Reserve is the sole currency issuer, which completely turns everything on its head um, and changes everything. Um, I want to be clear that he's a very nice guy and I do not want to bust him at all. Um, I have nothing negative to say about him, so I just, I just want to, you know, we're not talking about, like, now you've read what his point of view is. We I, I posted the question in the group, the group responded in the ways that we expect, and then he, you just read his response to what they said. So now, what are your feelings on it?
1: Well, I had to put this succinctly, um... When we talk about currency, you know there are a lot of currencies out there. You know, coupons are a form of currency. You can use it to exchange for goods and services. Okay, uh, but the only currency that matters, you know, the pinnacle, the top of the uh, food chain, is high-powered money, which is congressional spending. That is the only one that creates net financial assets. That is the money supply. <coughs> that is out there. It is not the only money that is created. We do have bank money. When banks loan, they use keystrokes to mark up your accounts. They are not lending out reserves. They are not lending out deposits. They are simply taking a look at you, the bank customer, and determining whether or not you are a good credit risk. Do you have a good job, a good income? Are you expected to be able to repay this loan? You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's good lending practices. Uh, however, there is a huge difference in... Is everything okay? Oh, well, yeah, everything's yeah. great. Yeah, we're, we're good. It's just like another glass of water. Perfect. But, but and actually, one more uh, diet coke would be good. Another diet? Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: When the government spends, you know... Congress says it's going to spend the trillion dollars on infrastructure, for example. And they've got it all marked up. They know exactly how they're going to spend it. The Treasury puts a, a trillion dollars in its account. It marks it up with keystrokes. They then deposit that in the Federal Reserve because that's their bank. And the Federal Reserve marks up those accounts in reserve accounts you know, and then makes payments. The reserves do not leave the Federal Reserve System. Banks do not lend reserves, they borrow them from each other, uh, but that is high-powered money. That is how money gets spent by the government. It goes from the Congress, to the Treasury, to the Federal Reserve, to you and me. Okay? That money stays in the economy, that is your income. The only money of that, that is ever going to come back is that which we tax to give value to the currency. And that's it. And if that were the only money that were in existence, banks would simply exist to be able to store your money, keep your money in banking accounts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera and that would be it. If high-powered money were the only if money, with high-powered money were the only money out there, but it's not the only money out there because banks also have the ability to create their own money, debt. They can create.
0: before you go any farther, you said banks have their hat ba- The local Wells Fargo branch, yes, can just keystroke a loan yes. for somebody.
1: They have to authorize it. There are ramifications if they do it wrong. For example, the 2008 recession, you know, when they did it wrong. You know, before the 1970s, when banking was boring, you know, b- pretty much between the 1930s, you know, when we got the Glass-Steagall Act, when we got federally backed, uh, when we, <coughs> you know, or since 1913, since the creation of the Federal Reserve, where we actually had commonality we can have parity between this bank's uh, uh, money and this bank's money and this bank's money and this bank's money you know the Federal Reserve standardized everything Okay, so it created stability in a very unstable system <coughs> so we stopped having as many runs on the banking systems you know uh, then we got federally backed you know uh, FDIC so that all your deposits are now uh, secured you know, backed by the federal government, you know, some good things happened. And for decades, banking was boring. You know, it was very, very boring. Uh, and then along come the 1970s, 80s, 90s, banking became much more interesting, you know, and much more unstable. You know, predatory lending started to rear its ugly head, and it got worse and worse and worse. Um... So banks, instead of loaning, uh, being very responsible with its loaning, you know, remember, when the federal government spends, those are net financial assets. That money stays in the economy. Bank loans do not stay in the economy.
0: Sectoral balance.
1: Well, there's, that, that's part of the sectoral balance. Sectoral balance is private, is private, uh, public, and the rest of the world. Government, you and me, and the rest of the world. So when the government spends, that money stays in circulation until it taxes (laughs) bank money that lending must be repaid it is a zero-sum gain you get a thousand dollars for example and that thousand dollars must be repaid federal
0: level taxes don't don't, federal level they can create their own money therefore they don't need any income so therefore money does not pay for anything at the federal level banks
1: which are below the federal level Mm -hmm. can create a loan but it has to be paid back. Yes, and that money is—you know—you can say the banks create their own money, and they do. But it's basically creating something that is now pegged <coughs> to something. They, they <coughs> peg that dollar, the bank dollar, to federal government money, so it can act as one to one. I have a lot of questions about the bank. I don't want to get bank mm-hmm.
0: creating money,
1: which I don't want to get into right okay. now. Well, fair but but but, but, to, but to his point, banks do create money. Okay, so yeah. he so. According to him,
0: the Constitution says, what we all agree on, that mm-hmm. the Congress has, you know, you know yeah. the, the... So he says they could the, do what, they, what we're
1: talking about.
0: The Constitution does say mm-hmm. that the Congress is the monopoly currency issuer. Yeah. According to him, the Federal Reserve Act of 1913 yeah. overrode that mm-hmm. as an amendment, as if it were an amendment. Mm-hmm. Which it's not. Which it's not. And therefore it doesn't. However, he says even though it doesn't, they have been breaking the rules for a hundred years, which has been upheld by the courts Mm -hmm. and the executive branch Mm -hmm. for a hundred years. So even though constitutionally it is invalid, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean it's not the reality. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it is true that the Federal Reserve is the center is the currency monop- monopoly currency issuer mm-hmm. and therefore the, the congress has to borrow mm-hmm. from them in order to pay for programs mm-hmm. and has to collect taxes in order to, to pay for programs mm-hmm. which turns everything on its head yeah. which invalidates everything that we know so it is it's it's actually it's upsetting because how do we truly prove either way Mm -hmm. and if it is his way if it is if it is that we have these rules in the constitution but the masters of the universe just ignore whatever they want whenever they want Mm -hmm. there's no rules it's just chaos so it doesn't matter if we change the system Mm -hmm. because they they still ignore the rules that they don't want to follow so Mm -hmm. what does anything matter so how do we truly confirm either way how do you truly confirm it He's convinced that he's right. We're convinced that we're right. But no one has the authoritative source saying which way it is. We do have it. And and MMT versus, you know, orthodox versus heterodox, Mm -hmm. is that right? Heterodox is MMT. Mm -hmm. That's more of a faith. Mm -hmm. You can't 100% prove that. You choose to believe in MMT, or you choose to
1: not believe. That that's I'm, the big. Be- I'm not on board with, it, and even a little bit.
0: Well, that's what the beginning of the book says th- that I'm reading mm-hmm. w- of this course coming up yeah. by Ray uh, Randall Ray Randall Ray and whatever that he says that that MMT. Is I'll show you. I'll show you. It's on I would my love iPad. to see
1: that. See if he's um, his, like a hypothetical question or.
0: I'll show you I can't I, I just read it so but, 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 but generally MMT is is very is solid, but you can't prove it a hundred percent but something but but whether that's true or not, we'll determine that later, but Federal Reserve versus the Congress, I think that you should be able to prove which way it is one way or the other, a hundred percent. so' you, you're, saying, you're about to say that you can't.
1: Yes. Well, to, to, first, to talk about what Randy Ray might be talking about, I have to read what you're talking about, but, uh, all laws, you know, man-made laws, are social constructs. Of course we can change any one of them, anytime we want. It doesn't matter how hard it is or easy, it just doesn't matter. They are simply constructs and therefore uh, can be changed. It doesn't matter. Uh... But between the Federal Reserve and uh, Congress, <coughs> um, it's a no-brainer. Constitution trumps the uh, the um, Federal Reserve Act of 1913. Absolutely trumps it. Yeah, you
0: know, and and he'll answer that is what it's supposed to be. But mm-hmm. the masters of the universe don't follow that. Then that is
1: why we. Well, first off,
0: and the courts all... and the executive branch mm-hmm. have been upholding it for a century. Yes, that's
1: what that's what it says in. Well, first off, MMT is not something to be debated as to whether or not it exists or not. It's the way things work. It doesn't matter. Uh, even if it is the Federal Reserve. Even matter. if it is the Federal Reserve. It doesn't matter. You know, even if the Federal, you know, and again, I'm not suggesting oh, it, for a second that the Federal Reserve, because again, MMT would still describe, even, even if the Federal right, Reserve...
0: so the, it, it's not MMT versus not mmt yeah. it's, it's, it's
1: what is the monopoly currency yeah, issue, who Congress is the monop- who, or
0: Federal Reserve? Exactly. That's
1: a critical yeah, that question. Is, that, is, that is a critical question to me that is easily answered. It is Congress. The Constitution grants unto Congress the sole authority to issue money. Even your friend here says that there is a difference between congressional money and bank money. He's just simply saying that the Federal Reserve Act, you know, has allowed for the uh, Federal Reserve to usurp, you know, the congressional money and say, "Don't use your money; use our money." You know. Uh, and I'm saying that is a problem that is, while politically diffi- uh, difficult because of the situation we find ourselves in politically, is still easy to fix. It's like that. Once you get the people in Congress to decide that that's what they're going to do, which is the problem we have no matter what we want to do, if even if one were to say that the Federal Reserve is meaningless and Congress is the monopoly issuer of the the currency, we still have people in Congress who will not act in the public's best interest. So we still have to deal with the people in Congress no matter what we want to to get done. We have to populate that chamber, the House of Representatives and the Senate and the White House, with people who want to pay to the public purpose. Once you do that, the Federal Reserve doesn't fucking matter. Because even if the Federal Reserve is a problem, even if, and it's not, but even if it were, we would still need to start with getting people in Congress that want to pay to the public purpose in the first place. And if we do that, then whatever problem the Federal Reserve may or may not be is gone. Because the Federal Reserve was created by Congress in 1913, it can be destroyed by Congress in 2018. That's not a problem. Oh, I'm sorry, in, in 1913. It was created in 1913 by Congress, it could be destroyed by Congress in 2018. You know, if the Federal Reserve is in fact the problem that prevents us from getting what we want, then we still have the same problem. Square one. We need to get people in Congress that want to pay the public purpose because those are the only people who not only will pay the public purpose but will <laughs> bulldoze whatever obstacles are in the way. And if the Federal Reserve is a problem, they will bulldoze them because they have the kryptonite. Okay. All right. So uh, they can do that in a day.
0: Okay. 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 Yeah, it, it's 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 been like... Upsetting. It's like, sure, you know, I imagine, you know, like I thought. I don't know. It's 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 how do you know what truth is? How do you really really know what well, the truth is? That's a very good
1: question. You know, I love that question. How do you know what truth is? You know, but when it really comes down to, I mean, we're not really talking about truth. We're talking about law. You know, and the law clearly states, you know, the Constitution has the power over any other act. Now, just because they created an act in Congress doesn't mean it was constitutional. And, and even just though be- the federal courts did not strike it down, doesn't mean it's not constitutional.
0: And just because there's a law, whether it's constitutional or not, mm-hmm. or, or whatever, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what the law is, whatever the law is, mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that it's followed. Yeah. Which is his point of view. Exactly. They have not been following this rule for hundred years. We are
1: still stuck with the same first problem: getting people into Congress that okay. want to pay to the public because we can get people into Congress that want to destroy the Federal Reserve, but still don't want to pay to the public purpose. You know, so we don't want to send people to the federal to the to Congress
0: mm.
1: that want to that want to destroy the Federal Reserve. Unless they want to go there, destroy the Federal Reserve on day one, but then on day two, start appropriating fucking money. But either way, it doesn't matter. Okay. Whatever the whatever the Federal Reserve wants to do, it is still a creature of Congress, Okay, you know? so, so And they will do whatever Congress tells them to do. If they, so, Congress tells you to spend money here, you will spend money there. So even if he's right, mm-hmm. it doesn't really change. No, it doesn't change what <coughs> MMT is, you know, because again. MMT is simply currency de- currency analysis. I can't overemphasize this enough. People that say MMT is wrong fall into one of two camps of people: crazy people who don't understand currency analysis, versus people that all they hear is the progressive agenda, and they don't like it. Yeah, or I'm
0: people sure. who benefit. Well, no, that's not, that's not understanding it. That's deliberately. Mm-hmm. That's deliberately. You know. Okay, so um, just last question then. Yeah. I, I am feeling quite cynical of getting people in through the democratic process. Well, that's up to us. I mean, I, I, I'm hoping that in 2020 that the teenagers mm-hmm. are the ones that might save us. Yeah. Because...
1: Well, that might keep
0: us motivated. and that might, nothing No, no, else. no, I don't mean motivated. <laughs> I mean that they've been on the internet their whole lives. Yeah. They had not been the target of bullshit. Mm-hmm. They had not. They had not. You know the, the uh, what do you call it? The correct the record trolls and, and all these mm-hmm. the literal bots, meaning yeah. uh, like the Sally Albright mm-hmm. bought this botnet to you know retweet her kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think teenagers have been targets like that of those them. kinds of things. So Give they've. Yes, of course, give it time. But I'm saying up till now, they have not. So they have seen Bernie Sanders for what he really is, and he is a, a beetle celebrity. Mm-hmm. So they know what Bernie Sanders is like, this whole generation mm-hmm. that has just been energized by the Parkland shooting, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, voting is all important. They might push... I think they're the best chance that we have for Bernie Sanders to be pushed over the edge. Well, we certainly won't
1: do anything without them, that's for sure. Nothing will happen without them. They're a huge demographic. They're young. They're idealistic. It's one of the first times in in recent history where we can look to the youth of the country and have hope that not only will they come (laughs) out to a rally, but they might actually go out to a voting booth. Now, there's a lot of things that are against us when it comes to voting. You know, we've got the voting machines that are electronic. That's a big problem. We've got gerrymandering. It's we've got statement. voter ID. We've got uh, purging the voter rolls. We've got all manner of things that are keeping people uh, from being able to exercise their constitutional obligation to vote. Um, but the one thing that the people that are engaged in that kind of business cannot overcome is massive numbers. Right. They can, they if, can fudge if, things within a, certain, within a certain parameter, but if we but if overwhelm the, them...
0: And, and the way that you overwhelm them is by policies such as Bernie Sanders, yes. which is why Hillary Clinton lost, mm-hmm. because her and her party had been screwing the people over for 40 years. And they still expected the people to come out. And mm-hmm. if they had an overwhelmingly for the people, fighting for the people agenda, yeah. beyond just words, not just private public yeah. nonsense. Mm-hmm. She would have won by such a margin, mm-hmm. such a dominating margin, that Comey letter and the emails and, yes. and, and Bernie people voting for Trump and voting for Jill Stein and, and all, the, none of these factors would have mattered. No, They would have been blips.
1: Absolutely. They
0: would have been blips. But
1: that's the point, you know, that's so, the point. If we get in, If we get the numbers, and it's going to have to be numbers, it can't just simply be a Facebook post. It cannot simply be a rally that you went to and patted yourself on the back, said you did a good job. You have to do all that. Because that's how preaching to the choir is how you get the choir to sing. And then you got to take that choir and you got to go to the streets. Because how do you get people to come to the church? You go out to the people. Then you take the choir and everyone you just converted and you go to the voting booth, and you go in numbers, you go in overwhelming numbers. Barely 50% of the population vote. I need to get it up to 75% to overcome overwhelmingly whatever they might do in a gerrymandering uh, position. Only then will we be able to get in the candidates that we need. You know, and only then we would be able to make the kind of changes that we want. Because right now, the fire that's out there right now is meaningless if they don't vote. And they have to vote in numbers.
0: I have faith that it's at least a significant number of them are going to vote. Yeah. But,
1: um, yeah, okay, so I, I'm... You know, because everything we're talking about right now, single-payer health care is not going to happen if we don't all demand it. You know, what they said uh, in the meeting tonight, you know... Everyone that marched for civil rights, no one gave them civil rights. They demanded it. No one gave women the right to vote. They demanded it. Of course, but people don't. People are really. People are
0: really just like, let's just beat MacArthur. Mm -hmm. Let's just get through this next step and then we'll talk about it. Exactly. Bullshit. Which means. Bullshit. Oh my gosh. All
1: this effort into just getting any warm body that isn't MacArthur in there without paying close attention to who you're sending you know blue no matter who you know is just as dangerous you know uh, uh, maybe even more dangerous maybe
0: even more dangerous with a really kind face exactly
1: you know and and I believe in kindness you've got to have kindness you gotta have empathy you gotta be able to have that shit on display but it must also come with toughness you know, a firm commitment to the people and an understanding about how you're going to perform for the people. How are you gonna come through? (coughs) Uh, You know, and if we if we continue with the taxes pay for federal programs, if we continue with that, even even on the margins, then people will still be at each other's throats. I don't want my tax dollars. What do you mean what do you mean by even on the margins? even on the margins even if we you know say for example uh, wanna have the single-payer option you know a buy-in for Medicare we're still gonna have insurance okay but we're gonna have the option for you to be on Medicare rolls and it'll be as just a small portion of your tax dollars you know no 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 it cannot be taxpayer dollars going towards this because there are two reasons first and foremost You will always have opposition to any program on all manner of reasons. That's the point. (laughs) That's one of the big points. But most of those uh, objections will be, at the very least, lessened, if not eliminated, if the rationale for not wanting it is not tied to your bank uh, statement. I.e., you know, let's take flag burning, for example. You know, every now and again, you know, the issue of flag burning comes up, and we want to get a constitutional amendment to protect the flag. It should be illegal for you to be able to burn the flag. There are people for whom that is a huge concern. It It is very painful for them to see the flag, you know, be burned in effigy. You know, so every now and again, there'll be a poll, how many people are in favor of a constitutional amendment to protect the flag. And sometimes that poll comes out like upwards of 60% people would support. Okay. But the corollary question is rarely, if ever asked, rank the importance of a constitutional amendment to protect the flag. You know, for some people, it's going to be really important, and that will be their issue. They want it. For some people, it'll be right after making sure there's a constitutional amendment to ban people from talking in the theater. You know, it's they are in favor of a constitutional amendment, but I seriously have bigger fish to fry. And if that is front and center on your agenda, that means you're not paying attention to other things that are actually important. You're so, talking about the
0: flag or the talking the, the, in the, the movie? Fi- the flag.
1: <laughs> 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 but but this, <laughs> is the, this is the point. You know, yes, I'm technically in favor of protecting the flag, but... I don't want you spending so much as five seconds on that. Until, if, we, until have healthcare we have health care and all stuff. Exactly. But the question on the on the questionnaire is only do you support it. And if you have the only answers are yes or no, mm. people will put yes and then they'll aggregate that. And it's, like the, it's like the bogus,
0: uh, it's like the bogus uh, Medicare for All poll that they had, the Democrats mm-hmm. had recently. Yeah. What is the one change that you would have to your health care?
1: Or one change it would have. <laughs> Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? <laughs> No, I'm not kidding. You don't know about this? No, I don't. They had a poll. The <laughs> one thing I would change. is suddenly that would make everything great. Listen,
0: this was a poll from the Democrats. And the question was, what is the one thing that you would change about your health care? And they, the answers were lower health insurance premiums uh, and some other you know lower pharmaceutical costs. And 13% of people said, I want Medicare for all. And so they twisted that mm-hmm. to be only 13% want Medicare for all. Yeah. Without revealing how they asked the question. Yeah. So, I mean to it's be a, it's a but it's a typical thing. It's a typical thing. So it's know. like, but why did they even take that poll to begin with?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. If
0: you're going to if you're going to be so deceitful mm-hmm. and sneaky, mm-hmm. why do you even have to have Something legitimate to seed it off of, mm-hmm. like this, like the 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 MLK fifty uh, Mississippi. Uh, Bernie said Bernie's a racist because he complimented Obama. Oh
1: no. Oh yeah! Okay,
0: gotcha! Yeah, yeah. I mean, so he complimented Obama, and they twisted mm-hmm. that. And, and every, he said all these wonderful things of of how you know minorities can be empowered, but he you know said he. They say a backhanded compliment, and it's just ridiculous. It's just Mm -hmm. ridiculous. And and I'm thinking, it's so ridiculous that why don't you just make it up out of thin air? Mm -hmm. Why did you have to have a real situation and twist that? Why did you have to take this and twist something that really happened so badly? Why didn't you just create it out of thin air?
1: Because the kernel of truth, you know, makes it all the worse. You know, makes it all the easier for people to get really pissed off because they can actually point to something that happened.
0: But it you didn't. Know. That's mm-hmm. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It, they, it didn't happen. No. I mean, I, I get what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. but There, there but was
1: an incident. He was there. He was talking. It was about Martin Luther King. That's the, all you need. If... It, wait a minute. That actually,
0: there was an event in that building on that day. Mm-hmm. Therefore, everything ridiculously said mm-hmm. and it actually did not happen at all must be true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. But we have we have cultivated you know a culture that can only pay attention for about five seconds you know at a shot you know. So you take for example uh, when um, John Kerry you know was running for president uh, and there was a famous bill that. Uh, a budget bill, you know, that he uh, voted for before he voted against it. You know, uh, there's basically he said out, that. Yeah, well, I he, voted for it before I voted against uh, it. I think he actually said that. He did. He did. <coughs> the thing is, is that there was uh, there was <coughs> a a, uh, a vote, you know, on a budget, and like it happens, sometimes it has to come up for a vote multiple times. And the first time he voted for it, the second time it had some uh, amendments that were thrown in that he suddenly now I can't vote for it. Okay. Uh, so it was used to paint him as wishy-washy, you know, uh, can't make up his mind. You know, so he voted for it, and then he voted against it. Why? Why can't he make up his mind? Why can't you know? he? Uh, and he got up on the, on the stump speech, and he would talk regularly about this particular line of attack. You know, he says, yeah, I actually did vote for it before I voted against it. And if you listen to the whole clip, and this is why, and he would go on to explain uh, but in the attack ads, they took that few seconds. I actually did vote for it before I voted against it. Basically, look—he's admitting that he's a—he's a waffle, you know—he's a flip-flopper, you know. Uh, you know, th- th- this is one of the oldest—you know—tricks in the book, you know. But it's only going to be effective if we allow it to be effective, and this is the challenge. This is why when I go up and do my live streams, you know, you know, I give people homework, you know each one teach one that's what Steve Grumbine says you know you've got to be able to take this to the streets. Aaron's story says that all the Aaron's story says that Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it's very important that we educate the public to what we're talking about because it's going to be interesting in town halls if if I if I get up at a town hall for example and tell MacArthur I know where the dollar comes from you know, and you have to be able to do this, you know. First off he's not gonna, you know, accept that. But if I'm in a room full of people who also don't know, you know, then is MacArthur reasonable and I'm crazy? You know. We need to start educating people so that not just me, not just you, but everyone will get up in a town Did, hall and say, I know where the dollar comes from. Don't tell me that we can't afford this. Don't tell me that we're about to go broke. Don't tell me that the debt and the deficit are unsustainable when I know that you're full of shit and the whole audience <coughs> will be on board. When right. that happens, there we go. What
0: I want to do, what I wish I could do, if I do get on board with the real progressives, um, which is, there's, uh, we're scheduling a call. Yeah, I know you, um, you were talking about that. Um... What I wish I could do is more aggressively reach out to the leaders of disadvantaged people, mm-hmm. church leaders, yeah. leaders of Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. leaders of poverty, poverty-based poverty groups, mm-hmm. leaders, leaders, yeah. approach them with something that we've... Created or organized to teach MMT mm-hmm. to start spreading it through because those are the people that need to know, mm-hmm. and those and the leaders are the people that the, those people would listen to. Yeah, that's what my idea is. Yeah,
1: I think that's a great idea, you know, because again, it, it's because everyone's going to have their own issues, you know, that they want to have front and center. You know, for example, uh, I was just on the phone today with a wonderful woman, you know, who, who believes MMT doesn't. Is not really quite on understanding all the nuances you know but accepts it you know uh, but still things things like campaign finance reform are the most important things you know everyone's got their issues you know to me healthcare is the most important platform you know that and campaign finance reform but I understand that if we don't divorce once and for all taxes from spending. You know, we will always be creating what we want t- and now we pay for
0: it. Exactly.
1: You know, we will always be creating the issue between people who will say, "Yeah, you know, I like Medicare for all, but gosh darn it, we just can't afford it. So I'm not going to fight for it." Yeah, it, it's know. it pits classes. Exactly. Or the people that are going to say, you know, I don't want Medicare for all. I don't want my tax dollars going towards MMT. Same thing I was talking about with the with the flag. If most people that have an issue that they are against, you know, especially when it comes to federal spending, you know, I don't <coughs> want my tax dollars going towards X, Y, and Z. How please
0: tax me more because I want Medicare? You
1: know, yeah. Well, well, people that will say I'm willing to pay more if I can get Medicare for all. What I'm saying is. How much opposition are you going to put up? Because it's not just so much the policy that you don't like, so much as it's the policy you don't like that you feel we are picking your pocket to be able to pay for.
0: Right, if so we, if picking we, if we, the pocket of military, picking exactly. the pocket of rich of the wealthy, which we don't have to do.
1: Exactly, I don't have to tax the rich. I don't have to tax you. I don't have to cut programs or anything to ca- to pay for this. And even we get to argue it on its merits. Right, and.
0: Let them have their toys. Mm-hmm. Exactly for now, for just for this one step, let them have their toys. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't deserve to have their toys, mm-hmm. but that is a separate issue, and we can have both mm-hmm. for the time being. Yeah. Once you- we get it, then we'll deal with that mm-hmm. because it's just not because it is related
1: yeah. to exactly. getting what we need. Exactly, you know. I don't have to pit one against the other. We can have both as long as we have the resources to do both. One will be pitted against the other when we actually run out of resources. But we're not even close to that. Not by a long shot. No, it's ridiculous, of course. Certainly not to the point of not having free college education, 100% green energy, Medicare for all, and a federal jobs guarantee. A federal
0: jobs guarantee is... To say that it requires a lot of resources is almost nonsensical. It's, no, well, it's, it takes
1: human resources, and this is one of the but, things that But, like but, the but military, human resources, human resources. But the but, military-industrial complex doesn't <coughs> like it because right now, the military has become the employer of last resort for people trying to get out of poverty. If we eliminate poverty with a federal jobs guarantee, their recruitment goes down. You know, so there is going to be competition. there. There is going to be pushback. I would almost bet my money on it. they already. Um, I
0: mean, it's not. We don't have it because there's pushback already.
1: I mean that's already the case. Yes, but they're they're phrasing that in terms of how you got to pay for it. They phrase it not in certain terms of you know, the, basically the, the military justice no. complex doesn't have to say you are stealing from us, you know.
0: No, you know what? I don't buy that because they can just simply raise their wages. Dramatically raise their wages if necessary. Oh, for for the military for the military, yeah. sure.
1: Absolutely. And
0: and and even if they do raise wages, and I really got to go home, and I'm really tired.
1: Yeah, but (laughs) my wife is going to kill me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, my yeah. Even if you do raise your wages, federal job guarantee changes the is the minimum wage fifteen dollars an hour, and everything else goes up in relation to it. But it doesn't matter if it goes up, Mm -hmm. because if everything goes up, cost and wages goes up. Then we're in the same position as we were before minimum wage. So it's not like, well, we get the government has a lot. More it's like it's like now we buy a newspaper for fifty cents or a dollar. Mm-hmm. Before we bought it for five cents, mm-hmm. but the cost and the wages were both this mm-hmm. down. But right
1: so cost doesn't right now. Cost has been going up and wages have not. You yes. The, so the, yes, d- but that's a
0: separate issue. Well, I'm saying it's, it's
1: kind of it, if, if I understand what you're saying. If we raise everyone's wages and then cost goes up a commensurate amount, we're basically it's a zero sum game. You know, my purchasing power is the same as it was. Before. As long
0: as our wages continue to go up as they should, we are generally in the same situation now as we were back in the nineteen. 19- 50s, very roughly speaking, of where a movie costs five cents, and now a movie costs eight dollars. Mm-hmm. But our wages, assuming that they've gone up, and that this is a just country, that we're generally in the same position. It's mm-hmm. just the number's bigger yeah.
1: on
0: on both sides. Yes, it, we still get a movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're still paying
1: eight dollars. Is it still the same percentage of our paycheck?
0: Understood. Yeah, we're the wages have stagnated, and that's not that's not part of what I'm talking about. I'm just okay. saying, even if even if we get a federal job guarantee, and there's a fifteen dollars baseline. Mm-hmm. Everything goes up everywhere. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like all of a sudden we can't afford things because now we have to pay everybody fifteen dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Everything goes up. It's just all both sides of the argument go up. So mm-hmm. I, I can't quite get my mind around how to explain this, but but it's just a comparison of like five cents bought you a, a movie in nineteen. 19- Fifty, mm-hmm. eight dollars buys you a movie in two thousand eighteen, but it's the same thing because the number went up on both sides yeah, of cost right. and revenue, of mm-hmm. uh, yeah wages. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: all right. but but again, you know, it's it's not a one to one ratio. But, you know, Our wages have not kept up. Right. The, that is separate from things. what I'm talking about. But yes, yes. yes I right. guess I guess you're not explaining why because I don't see the. All I hear is you know everything's coming up at the same time, and I'm saying it doesn't really. Yeah. Wages—they're both going up. I,
0: I, I'm sure. saying I'm saying what I'm what I'm saying is mm-hmm. when if we got a, a true federal job guarantee, mm-hmm. there was a $15 baseline. Yes. Our wages now gone up. Mm-hmm. So everybody else's wages will go up relatively relative to that. Due to
1: competition, yeah. They'll Due to competition. To, the army will have to, have to you know, pay more for people to come yeah. in. Which and there will be more money in the economy because more people will have money and disposable income because right. they'll have and, a livable wage. And prices may price go up some. Yes. Yeah.
0: But it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. If it's one, all me, good, prices, except for those who want to be ridiculous.
1: Prices right? don't necessarily need to go up. And this is the thing, because if everyone has if, if everyone suddenly has a job and everyone has money and people are gonna go out and they're gonna buy more, the question is not do prices automatically go up because people are purchasing. The question is can the business in question <coughs> match the match the demand? You know? If they can't, then we're gonna have prices go up. Now this is not to say that the that the, the individual business cannot just simply you know mark up their their, their, their rates they can you know but from a macroeconomic reality standpoint as long as they can keep up production with the demand then we're then we're cool you know as soon as we have more money going up and they can't meet that demand then we run into a potential problem maybe we have to import more things you know let's say steel. You know, we want to do a lot of infrastructure problems, you know, um, issues, and we're spending so much money, and we just can't produce the steel domestically. Maybe we can import some steel. You know, we can do that. Perfect, no problem. You know, I mean that's. I don't know how, how do you want to go into that.
0: No, 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 not at all. I, 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 it was, it's really just the concept of fifteen dollars today is the same as a buck. Th- 35 years oh, ago I mean yeah. I mean
1: there's no, very so roughly the of, very
0: roughly speaking but' okay. so there's always
1: the cost of living to, to be contended <clears throat> with you know yeah. things do go up you know imperceptibly every year and as long as our wages uh, match that that's fine the only issue is that private industry has no motivation whatsoever to match our standard of living you know, to give us a raise to compensate for the costs that they are generating as, they, as prices go up. it's not in their best interest. That's why we need unions to demand that it happen. And if we're not going to have unions, then we need the federal government to give us a federal job guarantee to set the lowest... Which we're not
0: going to get. And then, you know, at some point, maybe pitchforks and stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, again, no matter which way you see, we way you slice it, it has to be demanded. Either the people in general <laughs> will demand it of the federal government, or smaller groups will demand it from a union, and unions will demand it from your employers. No. Okay. Has to be All right. Lots of
0: random stuff. <laughs> Let's end it there. All right. Thank you. Boom. As you can tell, uh, Jeff and I have a hard time stopping. Uh, he's great. He's Uh, one of those kinds of people that are just passionate and all they want to do is talk about what's important. He reminds me of uh, my friend Richard McFarlane who was my roommate at the Democratic National Convention. We were both Bernie delegates. He was my roommate at the hotel and he's the same kind of person. All he wants to talk about is what's important. So for Richard, it's politics, it's taking over the Democratic Party, getting into county committees, and so on. And with Jeff, it's MMT and Medicare for All and progressive policies. And it's just great. It's just great. It just never gets personal. There's nothing personal because the only thing on their minds is what's really important. So thanks for being with us. Um, I'm really grateful to all my listeners, all my viewers, all my readers, and... I'm really grateful for those who financially support and who just share around, even if they don't share articles around. If you can afford it, if you find this stuff interesting, I would be really grateful if you might consider a monthly pledge. Even a dollar a month would be helpful. You can go to patreon.com slash TV. And you can also go to uh, our website, which is citizensmedia.tv, http citizensmedia.tv, and then go onto the menu, click on the Contribute button, and there's ways to get to our Patreon, to buy T-shirts. I have a few hundred T-shirts in my house. Um, and uh, mail in a check to a post office box or PayPal, lots of different options. So whatever you could... Afford would be really, really appreciated. So, uh, our. I actually just had my next conversation last night with Gavin and Patrick. We spoke about Oprah Machine, and uh, Patrick is one of the biggest users of Oprah Machine. I administer it, I assist Gavin in administering it. Gavin created it and administers it. And it's about public records requests, and Patrick has had quite an adventure that began on Oprah Machine, and Oprah Machine has really changed things by making the records that are retrieved through records requests public to everybody immediately, and searchable. So really, really interesting conversation that we had last night. Um, I'm going to start producing that uh, as soon as I'm done this. I'm also talking with Al Grinnell, who's running for um, mayor in North Jersey. He was another Bernie delegate at the DNC with me. Uh, He is running for mayor, and the Democratic Party is not being very nice to him because he was a Bernie delegate and supports Bernie Sanders. Um, And I'm also talking with Peter Peter Jacob next week, uh, which is going to be nice. We're going to do a Facebook Live. So... I'm trying to be as active as I possibly can with what's important um, and whatever you guys can support uh, would be really appreciated the thing on my mind right now is teaching people MMT Modern Monetary Theory and in particular I'm really irritated that the people who have the the ears of millions the real progressive media the Young Turks, Jimmy Dore, Jen Briney in, uh, Congressional, of Congressional Dish Podcast, and Kyle Kalinske, all these people have the ears of millions, and they're misinforming them about such a critical piece. So that is a, sort of a mission that I'm on. I'm happy to say that Jimmy Dore, I am excited because he just asked Stephanie Kelton, one of the more prominent voices of MMT, economics professor, to come on his show and explain pony politics, how we we can always afford war but but uh, healthcare is a pony. And I am proud of the fact that I left a comment that he read on air a few weeks ago regarding looking into MMT, and he acknowledged that and read that comment and acknowledged it, and so I'm hoping that that was partially the influence to getting Stephanie onto a show. Um, so Okay, so that's, for all, that's all for now. Um, thanks for being with us. Thanks for listening. See you next time.